0: Before the Ranger Creed is recited by a formation of Rangers at a ceremony, you will always hear the narrator say, will all Rangers, past and present, please join as we recite the Ranger Creed. Every Ranger will stand, and as they say those six stanzas, they are transformed back to a time when they had the pleasure and the burden of this Brotherhood. That feeling is hard to describe, however, it's one that never leaves you. It's a connection that spans a globe and can be reignited when you hear the phrase, Hey, Ranger, what battalion were you from? Amongst this formation, there are Rangers that stand out. They are legends of this elite organization, and when their names are spoken, people instantly have a story, and for a moment, relive it. Legends of the 75th podcast wants to capture that feeling and those stories. We want to ensure that these legends' triumphs and sacrifices never fade away. So sit back with your favorite adult beverage and listen to the stories from the Legends of the 75th. All right, hey, welcome, everybody. Very excited about our guest today, Sergeant Major Retired Eddie Nolan. Sergeant Major Eddie Nolan uh, served in 175, 375 RSTB, and culminated his career in Ranger Regiment as a 375 CSM. He's also a distinguished member of the 75th Ranger Regiment, with deployments to Panama, Haiti, Afghanistan, and Iraq. And some of his decorations, just some of them, are a legion of merit, Bronze Star with V, Purple Heart times two, and Arcom with V. So, Star Major, super awesome to see your awesome face and uh, gray beard as we uh, have fondly started to call some of you uh, on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here. You know that the, the award thing. Um... The two purple hearts, you know that that just—they call me Fast Eddie, but you know I think I got <laughs> because I was just too damn slow. So, you know I don't give those things a lot of credit. But um, no, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm truly humbled that uh, that you'd reach out and um, and uh, ask me to come and do this. I, by no means, do I see myself as a legend at anything, but I do uh, I do appreciate you know uh, the opportunity to do this, and uh, we'll see where it goes.
0: I look forward yeah. to it no i'm I'm looking forward to the conversation, and I think you know yeah, I do have my I do have my favorite beverage, so we'll be all good. right good <laughs> <laughs> well, uh you know i I think any any ranger that comes on and says, "Yeah, you know, I think I deserve to be here. I'm definitely a legend, probably not somebody that we would interview anyway, um, uh, but you know, as I told you kind of before the episode, I've had multiple requests to have you on the podcast, and that is definitely part of the rubric that we, uh, we use for, uh, you know, guests that we line up is how many times have they been requested by individuals that are patrons of uh, Legends of the 75th. So um, I think my point being is, is people would disagree with you. So anyway, starting at the beginning. So you joined the army in 1988. I did. Why did you
1: want to be a ranger? You know, I thought about that question and I just, I can't, I, damn, that was a long time ago. I do remember that. I went, I went to the recruiter and the guy was like, I told him, I said, i want to be a Ranger. And somebody told me about Rangers. So, you know, I did some research. We didn't have Google and all that stuff to where we could just look it up. But I did know a guy that spent some time, said he spent some time in the Ranger regiment. So I thought it's kind of cool or, Maybe not the regiment, but as a ranger. I don't know exactly what he I can't remember what he did, but I wanted to be infantry. I knew that. And so I go to the recruiting station, and the guy's like, Oh, yeah, we're, we, we got you. You know, we're going to make you a rigger. And I'm like, Yeah, I don't think so. And mm-hmm. so I want to go infantry and be a ranger, and I want everyone to Oh, we can't do that. And I said, Okay. In fact, the, the Marine Corps recruiting office was right next door. Yeah. So I walked out. And I walked around the corner, and I walked in the Marine Corps Recruiting Station. I sat down, yeah. and I'm waiting my turn. Next thing I know, I never forget his name. Sergeant First Class Bass <laughs> came hauling ass in there and said, "I got you what you wanted." And there it went. So it's kind of funny the way it all happened, but I made my point. I think I was either going, to, I was going to go in the infantry one way or the other, whether it was in, you know, the Army or the Marine Corps. And to me, the infantry and the Rangers were all the same thing. So I, I didn't know the difference really at the time. So, but that's kind of how I got to where I got. And then I went to, you know, through the basic and rip um, is what it was called then. And uh, went to first range of battalion from there.
0: Yeah. It's funny how many people we sit down and we interview that have like a similar story about basically how they had a strong arm, you know, some recruiter or something. And you sit there talking about the Marine Corps. So I did the exact same thing, except I did it at MEPS because my recruiter, the guy that recruited me wine, he was like drunk all the time. Um, but he was like, yeah, absolutely. Just tell me you want to be a Ranger airborne. They'll absolutely make it happen. And when I got to the Mep station, they're like, oh, no, nope, that's never going to happen. No, nope, no, nope. you're never going to be infantry. You're not going to be a Ranger. You're not going to be airborne. I got up and I went and I sat down with this gunny and I, I had a great conversation with that gunny. You yeah. know, he was talking about he was selling me the world. You know, like, oh, man, you can travel all over the place. Marines always go where the beaches are. And I was actually kind of like, oh, wait, that actually sounds awesome. And then, yeah. you know, then that, you know, that staff sergeant comes in, he's like, okay, all right, we think we can figure it out. I'm like, all right, sorry, right. Danny.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it worked out, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that first year in a, in a, in uh a, in First Battalion was, was actually a really good one. I mean, I got here, I remember we – we wanted to get our fifth jump in before Christmas, but we didn't. So I had to come back, you know, in 89,
0: mm-hmm. beginning
1: of 89, and finished airborne school and then got, you know, the 1st Battalion. And then that first year that I was there, holy cow, we went to – I went to ranger school, got my EIB jumped into Panama, got my combat jump star, my CIB. So the first year for me went pretty damn quick. I it imagine. went pretty fast. Yeah. But uh, – and then just kind of – kind of set the stage for the rest of my career, to be honest with you, you know. Yeah. Um, whenever we jumped into Panama, I, I was an E-4 machine gunner. Uh, <laughs> just got out of Ranger school. I think I graduated September 7th, something like that. And then we jumped into Panama in December. So pretty quick year. Had to, yeah. had to learn really quick. Grew, grew up really fast, yeah. you know, in, in the Ranger regiment.
0: So E-4 walking around with EIB, mustard stain, Ranger tab. Like man, you were you were the shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it worked out well, you know. And then from there, it just went on, and I went at first battalion. I went from really E three. I think I went in as an E three because I went to college for a little while and quit. But <laughs> that shit was not for me. And then, um, yeah, E three to I think I left first battalion as an E seven, and went to uh, 18th Airborne Corps. Alerts for about eight, two years, maybe. And then I got picked up for drill and that was a lot of fun. Spent two years as a drill, then the rest of my time uh, was in either JSOC, I spent a year, a little over a year at JSOC as a uh, deputy J3 and the J3. And then uh, went back to regiment and finished out my time there.
0: Yeah. Well, before we dive into, uh, you know, you leaving for a 175, I want to kind of dial back just a little bit. You know, so what, you know, talk us through, you know, what Panama is like jumping into Panama as a machine gunner.
1: <laughs> that is a, a long, funny story. So
0: <laughs> that's whenever, what we're here for. Whenever,
1: whenever, uh for some reason, you know, I ended up being like a one-man gun team. It was kind of a, they wanted four guns or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, my dumb ass said, yeah, I'll take it. So I jumped in the gun, tripod, spare barrel. I oh. think there's a Claymore. um you know, I had to take everything out of my ruck. I had, which is where the story gets funny in a minute. So I had no extra BDUs, nothing. And we did jump from 500 feet. So you really get one tub at the old H harness, and if it don't go, you're riding it in. Well, mine was pretty heavy because I had all the ammo as well. And like, I don't know, 2,000, 1,200, 2,000 rounds. I can't remember, but it's heavy.
0: I imagine. And
1: so I hit the ground very, very, very hard. The problem was when I hit the ground, my rucksack didn't lower, and it twisted between my legs. So when I hit the ground, um, I kind of ruptured some body parts down there that was pretty bad. And it busted my my BDU pants wide open. Well, I haven't worn underwear in years, right? Never. You know, I think it's a waste of money. But anyway, um, so here I am, you know. I landed dead center in the runway, parachutes on top of me, my rucksack frames broke. I got all this stuff. And, you know, my nuts are up in my throat, you know, and I'm dying. So anyway, to make a long story short, it took about two to three days for me to get a pair of pants. So of course my platoon sergeant at the time being it was, you know, 1989. Um I couldn't just walk around with, you know, white legs and there, So I'd take my camo stick. <laughs> everything down there for about two days I and mean, that was <laughs> really kind of funny but yeah um but to jump into Panama was uh it was interesting I mean it was it was no joke 500 feet you know I think by the time I jumped into Teresa Koeman with uh, 175 and I think by the time you know we got the objective clear and everything done and I think we're eating breakfast About the time the 82nd
0: rolled in and jumped in and we just watched them land all over This was an excerpt of the Legends of the 75th podcast. If you want to listen to the entire episode, go to the show notes and sign up for exclusive membership. Why are we charging? Some of the guests want to know that their stories have a level of protection and can share freely without it being available to the general public. To produce a professional product, it costs money. Your subscription helps us ensure we keep it to the level of what's expected from this elite organization. The podcast is the first phase. We plan to add videos, apparel, Ranger history blog, and more episodes each month. So as Legends grows, you will get more bang for your buck. We don't want to interrupt or muddle episodes with sponsorship clips or ads. Your support is much appreciated. We look forward to building this exclusive group with your support. Rangers lead the way.